Thank you for joining In the Vine Dating Podcast with host Melissa Chavez, where we'll be inviting different guests to answer all of your questions about Christian dating and relationships. And of course, discussing our upcoming dating mixers and events. For more information, you can visit our website at inthevinedating.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to show your support and like, share, and subscribe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to In the Vine Dating Podcast. It is your host, Melissa Chavez. And I'm going to start on my far right tonight <laughs> uh, because we have Denise in the house. Hi, everybody. So happy to be back. <laughs> we can tell the excitement <laughs> the in your excitement. face. I <laughs> uh, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. That's right. <laughs> and also here with me, we have... Yessie. And Shekinah. And so, <laughs> um, by now, you guys have heard the news that our next mixer is going to be February 10th. And we are very excited to um, start, you know, hyping that up and for you guys to be able to start buying tickets. So make sure you start planning accordingly. Um, let me see. Let me pull up my notes here. Oh, one thing that we did want to touch on is you guys are used to our Who's in the Vine um, interviews coming out every Monday. However, Christmas is this Monday. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And so because of that, we're going to give you guys a day break from us <laughs> so you can be with your families. <laughs> so your families are not like, yo, who are you talking to? Um, and we're actually going to release uh, that Monday episode on Tuesday. So don't fret. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we're the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> um, so we're really excited about um, being able to do that for you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's that Chevron coffee. Yeah. Or or what you guys can do is just share it to somebody and say Merry Christmas. This is my gift to you. Yes. 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 Sorry it's a day late and blame it on us. <laughs> um okay, so on top of that, um any more updates that you would like to give on the mix? <laughs> Put you on the- <laughs> She asked it's me so as if like I me. should know what to I say. Always. I love always doing that. <laughs> I just love the doing The mixer's going to be great, guys. <laughs> so excited for it. Back to the basics. <laughs> Bring a rose. <laughs> I love doing that cuz of like your cute big eyes. Like it's the funniest thing. Um <laughs> How about you girls? Any updates you would like to get about the mixer? I'm really excited to be a part of this one this time. I mean, I was a part of the other one, but being physically here, because I know it's such a different experience. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes, that's going to be good. That's going to be so exciting to have you there. And just so you know, people (laughs) respond to the questions I put out there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're going to be able to see it real time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Okay, so it's Thursday. That means by now you have heard Denise's interview that we released just a few days ago. And how did you ladies respond to that? What did you think about it? I'll start with Yessie. I thought it was a really good interview. I'm thankful that you shared some really raw things that must have been extremely hard. One part that I was just in awe of how good God is, is when Amalia shared her dream with you. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine what you must have been feeling at that moment and how she had the exact name. Yeah. <laughs> and the name meant something. Yeah. Wow. I was in tears driving, and I was like, God is so good. Oh, my gosh. And I just pictured you. You were saying, like, your husband was trying to console you. He didn't know what to do. And I was just picturing everything at that moment, and I just couldn't imagine that moment. But 
how God restores and reheal, like heals. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about you, Shakay? Um, I was also crying in my car. <laughs> I actually listened to it this morning for the first time on my way to church, and I was like, I just did my makeup. <laughs> That's why she hugged Sorry. you. Is that why she hugged me? <laughs> Guys, Shekinah never hugs me, ever. I walked into church, <laughs> and she hugs me. She's like, I'm so happy you're back home. <laughs> Don't ever leave again. Yeah. And I was like, okay. You don't know what you have until it's gone, yeah. Denise. <laughs> I, was, I feel like you've heard that a lot today. Yeah. I know, but coming from Shekinah, it's like I tell Shekinah all the time, she reminds me so much of my daughter, Emma. And and so I know that when she says something, like she really means it, you know? And so I'm like, oh my gosh, she really did miss me. Yeah. So yeah. Did. yeah. So I loved it. I, yeah. Yeah, I really it. did miss yeah. you. Aww, thank Aww. you. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, no, it's okay, okay to share emotions. <laughs> I have emotion, I swear. Yeah. I'm laughing so I don't cry. Yeah. yeah. So what I mean to say is you're tough. For sure. Yeah, but um yeah, honestly it's it's so interesting to me how the more I hear about people who've gone through struggles and and the trials in their life, even if I don't relate to it at all, like it's nothing that I've experienced, it brought me so much healing because I have someone who's really close to me who experienced very, something very similar. She was assaulted. She got um, pregnant from that assault, got an abortion, and was told that she couldn't have kids, and then she was able to have kids. Mm. The unfortunate part is that she hasn't turned back to God. Mm. And um, she once did have a relationship with God. That experience turned her away from the Lord. And so, but listening to your um, testimony, like it brought me to tears because it brought me to that person mm. who I just love so much, and I've been praying for them. And so... It just reminded me how God just shows up and God's, I always go back to the story of the prodigal son, right? And I think that's one that's quoted so often is um, at the end of the day, God's right there. God is standing in the same place he's always been and he's just waiting for you to come back. And I know that a lot of people, you know, they talk about the the one sheep and the shepherd went out and got that one sheep. But, um, and they use that as an example of like, why hasn't God just come get me? But they're also missing the story of the prodigal son, which she just goes into way more detail in in that story about how you can go off and you can run off and do your own thing and God's going to respect your free will. Mm -hmm. But he's going to be standing in that same place. And the moment you decide to turn back, he's there with open arms. And so it really got me thinking about, you know, family members and people in my life who've turned away from the Lord, um, who I'm just, I've been pressing into prayer for. And honestly, it's discouraging because after a while, you're just like, nothing's changing and they keep, you know, they keep just turning away from God. They keep even bashing Christians because of their experiences. But hearing testimonies like yours, specifically yours, really brought me to this one um, person in my life who I know that just brought me to tears. And I started praying for that person. And I started praying that same testimony over them and just praying that they remember that God's in the same place that he's always been. And so just to see how the Father's love just manifested in your life, the moment you said, "I, I can do better. It's just, it was really profound to me. And it just, like I said, I was crying the whole way over here because even though it's not anything that I personally have dealt with, knowing that we have all struggled, I can't wait for your interview, but hearing how like we've, every person on this planet has gone through something, Mm -hmm. but that's just, that's the hard thing, but also the great things that we can all rely on one another and we can bring those separate experiences to help strengthen the community. And so it was just really powerful to hear that testimony. I want to add something you said, Shekinah, because I think it's something that's so underrated and very important. You said, I don't know. I'm like, sometimes you get discouraged. One of the reasons I was able to come back to Christ was because I had family 
that I knew loved me and that I could trust and that would welcome me back with open arms. If I wouldn't have that, I don't know if I would have been able to come back the way that I did. So never underestimate the open arms that you can grant to somebody to come back. That's really good. I love that. <laughs> and I love that contrast that you gave between, um, you know, Jesus going after the 99 and then the prodigal son. That's really good. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> um, that's really good. And so, Denise, I also, I mean, I'm so digesting that entire thing. Like, <laughs> I knew bits and pieces about it, but I never knew the fullness of it. And so, to me, um, I think your life is obviously like a miracle, right? Yeah. The fact that you can produce what you're producing in this moment and um, not have like a bitter heart towards it, you know what I mean? Like, and not feel like the world owes you anything. Yeah. I think that is the biggest thing. Not only do you not feel like the world owes you anything, but you're pouring yourself out because of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I think that in itself is so poetic and it's it's honestly beautiful to watch. So um, thank you once again, like for sharing your story. I think it's amazing. Now, how did you feel? Like, how are you feeling after all of that and sharing all of that? Um, I, I'm feeling um, free, mm. if, I, if that makes sense. Um, I remember being so scared and having so many conversations with God, like, are we sure? Are we doing this? And so much happened in that week leading up to it. And I just remember really sitting down with my husband and really having a conversation of like, hey, I'm willing to, I'm ready to tell my story. Um, are you okay with it? And just hearing his response, you know, his comforting response and just his affirmations. And he was so amazing because that day that I, he knew I was going to record, he came home from work and he just like looked at me and he's like, are you okay? Like he was like hugging me and just making sure that I was, my emotional needs were being met. And that for me was really, you know, reassuring. And honestly, even leading up to it, I was really afraid. And I remember looking at my daughters and I remember the piece of advice that I give to them. And I'll do it afraid, like do it anyway. And so I'm always a big, like a big proponent of practice what you preach. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing this because I always tell my daughters that it's okay to be afraid, but just do it afraid. And so in that, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my own advice and I'm gonna do it afraid. And one of the things that you said, and that's been my life mission, is um, I'm always one. I'm always actively working on myself to make sure I don't have that entitlement attitude. Because I think anytime you're a part of any type of betrayal or any type of trauma, it's so easy to walk around life thinking that the world owes you something. And it's like, no, that's not the way life works because I've seen that entitlement attitude really destroy people, really destroy families. And so one thing that I'm always working on is I really, I really feel like everything that's been given to me on this side of Christ is a gift. And I really, really try my best to steward everything as a gift given to me because I know that these gifts can be taken away at any moment. And so um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's honestly something that I'm always striving to work towards. And just to see that, okay, it's I am producing that, it just really comforts me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so now diving into, um, I mean, a lot of the topics that we're discussing in that interview are very difficult, right? To me, it's like how you even said that, you know, you hate to use that word rape, and it's true. Like, because you just can't imagine people that you love being put in that same sentence as a word like that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, um, but, you know, we promise to explain that Christianity is not easy and it's not for the faint of heart. And so, but in that same token, also demonstrate that um, there's a reward, right? When you face the things that have gone wrong in your life and um, you trust God with them. We've seen that entire testimony with Yessi, yeah. with 
Shekinah with you. And so that's the theme where it's like, yeah, just because you're Christian doesn't mean that you're not, uh, I mean, at that time you weren't a Christian, but it doesn't mean that there's no more wrong things happening in the world. It just means that now you have a comforter that you can run to, right? Okay, so we're just going to dive right into it. So the first topic um, that I would like to address of that conversation is uh, domestic abuse. So you said that, um, you as in Denise, you said that that led you into a place of feminism and all that good, well, not good stuff, but Shekinah, I know that you're very strong in your ability to like um, talk about women empowerment, but not in a way that it becomes toxic like this. So what are your thoughts on feminism? Um, oh gosh, feminism, I feel like modern fe feminism, <laughs> I can talk. I feel like modern feminism has become so toxic because um, of that. It's birthed out of a hurt place. Yes. And we're not immune to wanting to take control back of our lives, right? Like when we get hurt, it's only natural for us to want to take um, control back, to mm -hmm. take our independence back. And so if we can cut everybody else out, if we can, we don't need to rely on a man. We don't need to rely on a system. We don't need to rely on anybody but ourselves. We, we, we need equality. And by equality, they mean I don't want to put the work in, but I still want the same pay. <laughs> like, right. You know? Um, and so I think especially... There's so much abuse now, unfortunately, and unfortunately it is coming from um, from men in power that are having that toxic masculinity, as my dad talked about. So it becomes this cycle, and how do we break that cycle of toxic masculinity then breeds toxic femininity, which then breeds toxic because <laughs> we're now we're raising our sons to be that, and mm -hmm. now our sons are – it's a whole cycle. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that it, it makes a lot of sense why that's something that you and so many other women would turn to is right. just, I can take care of myself and I don't need any other man. Yeah, that's really good. And honestly, it reminds me of when even you and I started um, kind of like um, getting close, where, where we sat together and you started breaking down feminism for yeah. me. And one of the things that we discovered um, statistically was the moment that that movement started it at the, during that same time, I believe that's when Bibles were taken out of the mm -hmm. out of schools as well. Mm -hmm. So now children were not being raised with their mother at home, right. which according to the Proverbs, the woman is the one in charge of like instilling morals, mm -hmm. instilling that kind of character in the children. Right. So that that figure was gone from the home. Right. And then the biblical aspect was also gone from the schools. Right. So that shifted this nation mm -hmm. drastically, yeah. right? So not only does it come out of a place of hurt, but now it's created this imbalance in the home where now women are trying to take both roles for their children and their children are the ones that really get the short end of the stick, yeah. right? And so do you remember that when we would meet with that? Yeah, I did. I, I, I remember after I came, you know, after I really came back to Christ and I realized that my bad experience did not dictate the course of the men in general, right? Like I was judging one, one, one man or two, whatever. Um, and putting that on other men. And that's why now I make it a point to even edify men, right? Mm -hmm. To go to like, not the extreme, but making sure that men understand that there is women out there that respect them, that value them, that honor them, and understand the importance of them. And in that, you know, that's why one of the reasons why we sat together and yeah. I was like, okay, let me explain to you where feminism came from and why it's such a heart passion for me to turn that around in my generation. Yeah. And it starts with talking about it. It starts with educating people. Okay, why did this happen? Yeah. And how do we combat that? And there's so many different avenues of doing that. But yeah, that's definitely one of my heart passions. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, see? 
Any thoughts on this? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Feminism sucks. <laughs> Spoil me. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I'm just a bee. <laughs> no, but you guys all share really good topics. Yeah. yeah. Feminism. I mean, you know, we women, we're awesome yeah. when we stay in our lane. You yeah. Know? And, and, and I just want to make this clear, like, we're not saying that these women are like, no, but like, that they, we're inferior. That we're inferior. Like, you heard my podcast, my interview. Um, my husband is my biggest cheerleader. My husband is my biggest supporter. My husband, when I'm out volunteering, he's at home taking care of my daughter so that, you know, he can spend time with the girls. And and so it's not like I'm not allowed to do anything. No, on the contrary, like, I'm out there and I'm doing, there's things that I forgot to even mention that, yes, he was like, can you do this? And he tells like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> there's just so many different things. But so it's never a place of, well, women can't do it. No, it's order. Yeah. It's order. And I say this all the time. It's God, <laughs> you know, husband, children, family, everything else. And it's from that place that I'm able to branch out and do all these other things and my husband has no problem like checking me and saying, hey, like, let's make sure that our daughters are getting the time that they need. Um, my husband is amazing because he allows me to do all these things and is a great supporter. And at the same time has no problem saying, hey, like the girls are feeling a little neglected or, hey, like I, I want a home cooked meal or, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and I love that. And it's like, okay, like I love that we can have that type of conversation and it's never from a place of I'm better than you, but it's right. a place of we've set together our goals as a team and we hold each other accountable to make sure that these goals are being met. Yeah, that's really good. I heard an analogy you used one time um, that men give, women create. Mm -hmm. Like men give seed, women make a baby. Yes. Men give houses, women make it a home. Yes. And so when you do work in that healthy codependency, right. you just begin to build um, an environment for your children. As the Bible says, the right. purpose of marriage is ungodly children, yeah. you begin to build an environment for your children where they can give, where they can create, where they can grow, and they can develop in their morals, right. in their standing with God and who they are in a healthy mindset right. because mom and dad are working together so perfectly. And as yes. you've said multiple times before throughout the podcast, is marriage is um, is supposed to mirror the um, God and his church. Mm -hmm. And so if you're working along those mindsets of how God sacrificed for the church and how the church then serves God, it becomes this healthy codependency that develops just healthy children yeah. and ultimately healthy society. Yeah, absolutely. That was fire. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. I, I got revelation from that. I love that you shared um, also the part where your husband is there for you and helps and supports you, but what he does and everything allows you the freedom to do what yeah, you do. Absolutely. So I think a lot of people like forget, like, I don't need a man, right? Like, <laughs> I know that's how I used to be. I don't need a man. I can do it myself. Um, but when they step in their calling and what they're supposed to do and we give them that position, yeah. then we see the freedom in what we can do. Yes. And that's probably why we're here. Yeah, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is. It's where we say, like, we're not, we're a team. We're here building, we're building an empire together. And mm -hmm. we both understand our roles and we both understand that they're both significant and one can't do the one without the other. Yeah, you're not yeah. competing. And we're not competing. Mm -hmm. I just wish the rest of the world would get it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's teamwork. That's why you're teamwork. here, Denise. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you were in, in the Vine Dating Podcast. You're yeah. welcome. So one of the things actually that I didn't write down here, but I just remembered that you said in the podcast, and so I'm going to ask all of this, is you knew that being in that situation of domestic abuse wasn't good, right? Mm -hmm. You grow up thinking those are, you know, that's not the ideal life that people want. And so you're like, but I was never given the resources or the tools to be able to get out of that. 
And so I think um, all four of us, and I, I think, all four of us have experienced, we've either experienced it or we know somebody that's gone through that situation. And so um, I'll start with Yessie. And I'm gonna ask you, what is a tool that you would offer to somebody that's going through that situation? Domestic abuse? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, right now? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Currently, right sorry. now, asking you. I'm and sorry. we're live. I, I am in the question right now. I'm sorry, you said it in a way that it sounded like we were behind the scenes. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And okay, so for domestic violence, yes. I would definitely say it's very hard. I used to teach actually domestic violence classes. That's right. Oh, yeah. God, so so um, when I used to teach them, a lot of my victims, well, the people that would take the class, they were yeah. considered the victims. And then we had the batters. And crazy enough, sometimes they would work their way and they would take the same class because it's court ordered and they would still remain together. Mm -hmm. And so you would sometimes have the batterer and then, which statistics show it's mainly a man, right? There is females who do it and right. I would always clarify that too, but statistics show it's usually a man. So we would have the male batterer in class and then the female victim in class. And I had no idea, but it's really sad because the victim keeps going in the cycle and mm -hmm. cycle. And you can see the the manipulation happening, mm -hmm. even within my class when the batter's like, well, you know, sometimes the victim does this. And, you know, you just see, like, the victim kind of, like, mm -hmm. shy away. And it's really sad because when you can separate them, you can see their truth. Mm -hmm. You can really see their truth. The victim does stand out and say, you know, I don't like this. And they're all bold. But the minute that the batter's in there, mm -hmm you see a change in them. So it's that's why it's so common for them to, like what you mentioned, like I know it was wrong, yeah. but it's hard to leave. Mm -hmm. And it's a crazy thing to think about. Like people who have never been there or have not seen it can either easily say, well, you're dumb. You should just leave. It's your fault mm -hmm. because you're the one in it. But it's so hard. Mm -hmm. And then what do they say? Like I know um, a lot of the pimps, right? They have to leave <laughs> and go to court, right? And when they go to court, um, the girl who was pimped out, as the minute that they see them, how many times have they said, you know what, I take back everything I say. Mm -hmm. I'll, yeah, I'll stay quiet. I don't want to be up on the, on the court, you mm -hmm. know, like be a witness. They, don't, they take back everything. Mm -hmm. They drop the charges. And why? It's because they see them and they, it's right away they're manipulated. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a crazy thing. I hope that makes sense. So then what tool would you give? I was going through a, a rabbit, rabbit trail. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So what tool were you giving them yeah. at that point? So a, a lot of the classes, what we would want to do is the minute that, I mean, at least that situation when the male and the female were both in there, uh, we would right away separate them. And that's when you were able to really dive deep into what was the root causes? What are we doing? Right. And one of the biggest things that we give them is that community, mm. that community of, okay, you're here. A lot of people have gone through this. And this is what we've done to overcome it. Okay. And you surround them with that. Because then they hear the testimony of, they were able to do it, I can do it too. Yeah. Yeah, That's, sure. That was the main thing. Because the people who weren't in the community, they usually went back. Yeah, they relapsed. Yeah. They relapsed, yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Shakana? I think, yes, you said it all. I'm going to be completely honest. I actually am not familiar with domestic violence That's at all. That's why I struggled with. I think so. Yeah, no, I'm not familiar at all. The only perspective I can come from is from um, being married to an addict and knowing and being in circles around yeah. other addicts and married couples with addiction. Um, but I would assume that the steps would be relatively similar. Like you said, the um, one key thing is separate them, make sure that there's no manipulation happening, make sure there's no fear. Um, but I mean, it's, I'm sure similar, but not the same because there is a lot more fear 
But um, yeah, I'm not going to try to touch that because I, I personally am not familiar with it. But that's a really great insight. And yeah. so something that I now know to look out for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For and sure. it's always tied with anger as well. Like yeah. um, they always have to take anger, domestic violence, unfortunately, mm -hmm. parent classes. Like sometimes I would have people in all three classes and, um, you know, they're the sweetest people. But then when you get to meet the other person on the other end, you hear other stories and it's just hard to be neutral. But it's you have to be there for them. You have yeah. to be that community that they need. Yeah, for sure. And pray for them. Honestly, I would pray for them and I would have convos with them after, too. And they would share scripture, and I love that about it, but it's it's really hard. It's it's a cycle. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, I know that you said that when you, your, your number one question to ask is, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. And how have you seen fruit come out of that? Um, I've noticed that some people are honest and say, you know what, I'm not ready. Mm. And that lets me know how much time and what type of time to invest. Mm doesn't mean I don't because I still do because I still want them to know that when they're ready they have a somebody safe they can trust yeah. to come and I've also seen um when I do that you know somebody say I want to and they're trying to find their way and um how can I help they'll say I just need somebody to talk to okay and I'm and I'm that I'm somebody they can just talk to yeah. and there's other times where now they're like when they gain my trust that they know what I'm doing with the information they're like, okay, well, what would you do? Like, what mm. do you recommend? And that from that place of trust, then I'm able to start um, show, telling them my advice. And they honestly, and I really believe, and it's always relational, they always see that what I'm saying is also what I'm doing, mm. right? And I invite them into my home. I invite them into my life because um, they are able to see the type of fruit that I have. Mm -hmm. And it's usually that type of environment that they begin to ask, well, how do I do that? How do I get that, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and in, and so it, I've seen it work. I've seen it work because I've, it allows me to see the proximity. Yeah. It allows me to see how to engage and it allows me to see um, what they're ready for. Yeah, that's really good. I'm currently reading a book that's called How to Dream When You're Told You're Going to Die. And in that book, that's what he talks about pretty much like looking at the good things that can come out. And mm -hmm. so um, how much more where the dream come to come to be, right? How much more would that freedom come to flourishing if it becomes tangible in that moment, right? So they get to be there and all those things. Like, it sounds crazy and it sounds really dumb to even compare this, but I remember my mom, she would take me cleaning houses with her mm -hmm. and um, I would start dreaming about owning a home. Like, yeah. I would start dreaming about living in those kind of yeah. um, neighborhoods. And so it's like, how much more when the person that owns that home invites you in right. and cooks a meal for you because I know that you you go to that extent, right? Right. And so I think that's so powerful because a lot of people keep them, keep people that are going through these things at arm's length. Right. And there's wisdom in that, right. right? There's some wisdom in that. But at the end of the day, like, Jesus was in the trenches with right. these people. He lived with those people. Like, he visited the house of sinners before he yeah. visited the house of Pharisees. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so I think um, Christianity is messy. Yeah, it is super it's messy. It's so messy. It reminds me of that movie, God's Not Dead, where he was like, you're in the trenches now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. The scene is in my head right now. But that's really good stuff. Okay. So the next scene that we're going to talk about is abortion. Um, I know that, Denise, I know that we kind of touched on dealing with the aftermath of abortion. Do you care to expand a little more about your journey of surrendering, surrendering that decision to the Lord? Um. I'm not sure what else I haven't touched on. I mean, there's so much, right? Yeah. But um, I think the main thing is, is I mean, I think I said it. I can't really think yeah. of anything else besides, you know, once you come to that place, um, understanding what that means. 
understanding that you're going to need a community and understanding that you're going to need, um, you're going to have your high days, you're going to have your low days, you're going to need people that you can really trust and confide in to help and, um, and be strong enough to know that people are not going to agree with you mm-hmm. and be okay with the haters yeah. and be okay with the backlash and be okay with people's opinions and not let it move you. And I think, I'm an, I think this is why I feel a lot more comfortable sharing it 20 years later. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm, I'm in a place now where people's opinions about me are, I can care less. Yeah. And I say it in a very loving way, you yeah. know? And, and it's not because I don't love these people, but it's because they have not walked in my shoes. Right. And that's taken years of, of going and talking to my mentors and, and not being moved by the applause of men. And I'm not saying I've fully arrived because there's still times where I, I feel like that sting and I'm like, okay, check, like analyze my why. Okay, yeah. why am I feeling like this? What's triggering it? Let me get back to the root. And, you know, and I think a lot of my preparation where it came from, you know, I've always, I've always had this problem. People have always come up to me and said, I don't like you. You're very intimidating. Um, you come off really aggressive or you come off this or that. And it's like, I do, but I have a reason. Right. You know, and it's like, I have to have this type of thick skin because of the places that I've been through, the places that I'm at and the places that I'm going. Yeah. And, but deep down inside, I'm still very loving. Like, if you know me, you know, like you said, I'm opening up my home. Like, you get it all with me. Yeah. You know, you get the good, the bad, the ugly. So here I am. <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. It reminds me of a scripture, I think it's in in John, where it says that people were praising Jesus for like all the miracles that he was doing. And then it says that Jesus like saw what they were saying and then he was, he wasn't moved by it because he knew what was really in their heart. Yeah. And that to me was like one of the most profound because Jesus was like fake. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny you say that because now like that's been one of my prayers is God, let me see people the way you see them. Yeah. And when I hear people speak and say something negative, before I would be quick to want to like get in somebody's face, right? And now I'm like, I cry because I'm like, dude, you're that broken. Mm. You're carrying that around with you? Like, that's sad. You know, people's words sometimes it can be like passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, that's sad that you are carrying that with you. Like, you can release that. Like, you can be happy. Like, you can be joyful. So I really feel like praying and for God to really change my view and my perspective and the way that I see people has really helped. That's really good. That's gangster. <laughs> um, Shekinah, I... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I wrote a direction for myself and I'm reading the direction. <laughs> I'm not a good table reader if I were an actress. Um, okay, so what are your thoughts on on her answer when it comes to that? Um no, honestly, it, what, what you're saying about um, just the backlash that you get, I mean, that was one of my fears as well, which is why I didn't share my mm-hmm. experience um, that we covered in my interview was just, I'm afraid of the backlash. I was afraid, but then, I don't know, you just get to that point where you have enough, like for, for me, I had help from my community. Mm-hmm. I had support from my family and my friends that were like, who cares? Yeah. As long as you know mm-hmm. that you did it right, as long yeah. as you know that you follow the word of God, and that you're in alignment with God, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Mm -hmm. And if there's any part of you that doesn't feel like you did it God's way, then you need to go to him and you need to figure out what you need to do next to align yourself with God. At the end of the day, it's not about man's opinion, it's about God's opinion. Mm -hmm. And I can say with full confidence that I'm walking away from my experience um, in alignment with God and his heart. I can say that with full confidence. I mean, we've already gotten a few comments um, just on our little (laughs) clips that are, you know, completely out of context and completely against what we're saying. 
And same thing. I remember um, reading it with my dad and we both were just like, dude, you just exposed yourself, yeah. you know? And like, we felt broken for these people. Yeah. Like, you know, it's coming from my dad. You would have thought that was an opportunity to laugh. Yeah. But <laughs> even he was like, man, yeah. some people are just broken. Some people just, they, they're so eager to um, rid themselves of any kind of self-reflection mm -hmm. that they immediately put that insecurity on other people to That's the good. point of where they're just going yeah. on. They're just scrolling through, you know, TikToks or Reels or whatever a platform you're on looking for people to insult, looking for yeah. things to um, just put backlash on and troll, you know? And right. um, so that really did same. It breaks my heart when I see that because you're exposing yourself. Yeah. You're, re you're revealing what triggers you and what you're struggling with. And it's heartbreaking because you do get to that point where you're going, that's how broken you are. Yeah. Yeah. You're so broken that you need to identify somebody else's problems or things that you don't agree with or whatever it is or make things up. Yeah. just so you can get it out that's your form of therapy yeah. you know that's yeah that's really good especially when like such um controversial topics like that and I love what you were talking about um during the interview where it's like you know pastors can tell people how to vote and all these things and even that in itself is a stretch right right, right. many pastors don't even talk right. about politics from the pulpit um but even in that it's more than just telling people how to vote it's telling them how to also cope with that Mm -hmm. in the midst of it yeah and so yes i'm so interested in um because you didn't grow up in the church right yeah. and so to you like what does that sound like to you when you think about that like people have these ideas of people that um, like for example that people that have had divorces or people that have to, um abortions like can't serve in the ministry anymore like how do you respond to that mm -hmm. I feel like God is a God of miracles. I, we actually just taught about that today in our Young Disciple class. Mm -hmm. And it, it was showing how God really does restore and God comes for those. And he uses your story for the good. Mm -hmm. And um, we were sharing with the kids that even if you grew up in the church, you're still going to have your hard times. Mm -hmm. So even if you did or you didn't, you're still going to go through hard times. Like how many times do people say like, you know, this person serves in the ministry. They were gone in a, in a, they had an affair, you yeah. know, they did th things behind closed doors, um, money laundering, like things do happen because mm -hmm. people are naturally, I mean, we were, we were created and we have a sinful nature, right? Mm -hmm. So it's going to happen regardless of who you are. And that's why your relationship with God needs to be so intimate. Mm -hmm. yes. So you can be able to check yourself because God is going to call those to repent, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you're willing to hear, you're willing to change your life, and that's a transformation, and that in itself is a miracle. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not, and you're going to be that person that says, well, if you ever had this, you can't go to heaven. Yeah. You can't serve on the ministry. Like, no, let, let God use them. If they're having an intimate relationship with God and they made everything right, mm -hmm. why not use that story? Why not use that platform to speak God's goodness? Yeah. That's really good. I feel like it's such a scare tactic in the church, right? Where it's like they want people to do all or nothing. <laughs> Again, I'm using very minuscule like examples, but even with me, I remember somebody told me, "Oh, if you smoke one cigarette, like you're going to hell." And I was like, "Scary! <laughs> I've smoked more than one. Where am I going now?" Like, <laughs> and but it's true. It's like they do these scare tactics. And I remember the Lord once speaking to me. He's like, "The moment that people are using hell as a way to scare them into the love of the Father, like." They're already off, yeah. right? Because God's love is enough to convince yeah. anybody to come to his arms because ultimately the ministry is of reconciliation. I keep saying that every podcast. The Lord desires his people to come back to him. Like 
if somebody comes back to him because they want to avoid over here, like, yeah, obviously, we'll take it, <laughs> like, come through. But at the end of the day, like, God wants to introduce his love. Like, God is love. Like, he's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right, you yeah. know what I mean? And so to anybody that's experienced things like this, like, um, if you've experienced domestic abuse, like, um, one thing we want to say about that is please don't feel shame. Like, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman who's experienced any of these things, like, um, just because something happened to you and it happened for any length of time, it doesn't mean that you've lost your worth as a person. Um, I think what matters is how you respond from this moment on, right? Yeah. How you decide to change your life from this moment on. Yeah. And God can redeem the time for your kids. If your kids experience you um, being in that relationship, um, if other people let you down, like as Denise shared in her interview that um, people that she confided in let her down, like, it's not the story of the entire world, right? Like there are good people out there. There is good community out there. And what I always tell the people that um, don't know God and they're like, well, I don't know. Like I've never experienced it or whatever. I'm like, ask for it. When somebody genuinely, genuinely asks for an encounter with God, like there's no way that God's going to ever deny that, right? Yeah. And then also if you've ever had an abortion or, um, you know, helped somebody get an abortion or persuaded somebody to have an abortion, like there is forgiveness for that, like, as we talked in Denise's interview, Paul was out murdering people, and he's one of the greatest disciples ever. Like, And so God can always redeem the story so long as there is repentance. Absolutely. And um, as the Bible says, repentance is a gift from God, right? And it's his kindness that leads us into repentance. So, um, you know, men will probably try to scare you into repentance, but mm -hmm. the Lord is his kindness that leads you into that. So um, anything else that you guys want to add as far as like encouraging somebody that's been through any of that trauma? I wanted to share, you touched upon just ask God. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? That's literally the, the scripture we had because we wanted at least the teens in our class today to know like if you haven't witness, witnessed a miracle in your life, just ask God, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, can I read the scripture yeah, of course. for those that haven't heard it? It's on Matthew 7, 7, 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Absolutely. And I was giving them the metaphor. If I was outside of the door and I wanted to come in, I expected you guys to open the door. <laughs> and what would your response be if once I came in, you know, um, I said, you guys didn't open the door for me. And they're like, well, we would have told you we should have knocked. <laughs> well, exactly. Why do we ask for things? I mean, why don't we ask for these things? You know, it's it's given to anybody. Anybody that's listening to this, you have the capability of asking God yes. for a miracle, for anything, for that encounter, for that love, um, for that help, for that community. Yeah. And you'd be so surprised. The kids that share their testimony today, wow. I'm like, God is so good. That's amazing. Yeah. And so if it happens to teenagers, it can happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. Teenagers, I feel that they're too cool for school, too. Like, <laughs> I know? feel like there's a lot of people that would respond to that with, well, if God's all-knowing and all-powerful, why do we have to ask? Why do we have to do anything? Mm. And Because I hear that have all free the will. time. Free will. That's yeah. the biggest key. I think people deny the fact that free will was the very first thing given to us. Yeah. You know, when God put us on this earth, you made an analogy one time of we're not dolls. Yeah. You know, we're not robots. We're, we couldn't have made progress without... Um, you know, mistakes without consequences, without us choosing, you know, mm -hmm. and God's standing here going, choose me because I have a better way. Yeah. But if you don't, I'm going to respect that. There are consequences to your choices and there are consequences that will affect other people around you and ultimately, you know, the butterfly effect, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
But ultimately, I think that's a big one too, is why do we ask? Why do we knock? Why do we seek? Because God is stepping back going, I gave you dominion over this earth. And I respect the promise that I made with you when I put you on this earth, which is you have the free will to decide for yourself. And so it's even in that, it's out of God's love that he expects us to seek him. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I just, to in that little part of this podcast, I remember, uh, I just saw a movie, I forgot the name of it. And he was like, it's the enemy that tries to control you, and it's God the one that's trying to set you free. Yes. And I was like, that's dude, good. hot fire. Because it's true, the moment that the enemy just wants to control your life, he wants to take full possession of you, mm-hmm. while the Lord is like trying to give you freedom, trying to, he's like, dude, choose life. Like, yeah. uh, choose life, you know? And what's crazy is that he tells you what to choose. Yeah. But, and yeah. we're still like, what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You hear it, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You're like, no. <laughs> is that you, God? <laughs> um, okay. So now we're going to um, step into more of an area of, like, dating advice, right? Um, some of the things that you talked about, which I thought was so profound because I've never seen it in that way, but I'm still going to hear from you guys first, is Denise brought up such a good point about encountering counterfeits. So, um, Shekinah, what did you think, like, what are, you, what are you familiar with when it comes to that topic of counterfeits? I think money right away. <laughs> <laughs> counterfeits. Honestly, I think of, just like you said, the enemy wants to control you. He's going to put people, situations, jobs, opportunities in your way, and he's going to hype it up. He's going to make it look really good. Yeah. And um, I feel like Anything that's not of God, obviously, that's a counterfeit. Mm -hmm. And um, too often, if we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, if we're not in tune with um, the Word of God, because the Word of God is pretty straightforward in what we should and should not do, then it's going to be way too easy to see the glittery lights, the the fame, the whatever, the money behind it, and we're going to go after that. And so when I think of counterfeit, I think of anything that is not of God. I think of anything that just looks bright and beautiful and Mm -hmm. attainable and easy. Easy. Yep, easy. Um, and I think that, uh, the best way that you can avoid that is really just seeking God. Again, like we just said, is God's, he's back here. He's respecting the free will that he granted you, mm-hmm. but he has given you instructions. He's given you a manual and he's asking you choose me. Yeah. And then that's how we can step into that freedom and what's real. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, and I love that you use that analogy of like the shiny things, right? Mm-hmm. Cause the, the word says that the enemy comes as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, the enemy's not going to come to you ugly and like double horns like the way that mm-hmm. the movies yeah. depict. The enemy's going to come in one of the things that you desire the most. And I think the moment that we sober ourselves up with that, I because like you said in the interview, clearly Satan knew what you wanted, what yeah. you were longing for. And so, of course, he was going to try to give you like those mm-hmm. things that would take you away from the Lord, you know? Yes, right. um, see, um, I know that you had a very specific question when it came to this. Do you want to ask it? Definitely. Um, really quickly though, um, we're sharing examples of counterfeits and that email you sent us of someone <laughs> offering you how many millions? First of all, I have, <laughs> I have people in my emails and my DMs offering me thousands, millions of dollars just to yeah. be their friend. Yeah. And I, it was funny because I was just telling my friend the night before I saw that email, I was like, just watch one day I'm going to ask somebody and they're going to offer it. And then next thing you know, I had that email. I'm like, Lord, is this you? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Counterfeit. Counterfeit. The shiny things. Yeah, the shiny things. But that goes with my question. But the question is, um, how can someone listening identify a counterfeit in their lives? Especially dating. Yeah, I think Shekinah really just nailed it. I think it's that. It's 
is anything it's pulling you away from God. I mm. think that's the main thing for me is if is it bringing me closer to God or is it pulling me away further away Simple, from God? Practical. Um, and I think that for me is the biggest thing. And how do you know if it's pulling you closer away from God? It goes back to reading the word. What mm -hmm. does the word say? Um, if you don't really know what the word says, and ask, a men, ask somebody who's been in the faith for a very long time, you know, yeah. is this pulling me closer to God? Is this, you know, taking me away from God? Um, and if you are not church, if you don't know God at all, um, I really feel like there's always a knowing, right? Mm -hmm. There's always a, what are your standards? How do you know how you should be treated? You should be mm -hmm. treated properly. Is that, was that person you're with or whatnot? Are they treating you the way that you deserve to be treated? Yeah. You know, are they loving you the way you need to be loved? Um, are they bringing you closer to your goals? Are they not? Yeah. You know, so I think there's a lot of different things, but mainly just pulling you closer or away, further away from God. Yeah, that's really good. There's even scripture that says that we have, God's given us a conscience, like that we at the very most have that conscience of the Lord and the knowledge of God in our inner, inner yeah. being. Um, that is really good. One of the ways that you phrased it while we were doing the interview was that, because um, the way when, that I've pictured counterfeit was always like in a dating relationship, right? Like somebody's going to come um, before the person that God actually has for you or whatever. And we did or, talk. Or in your case, people. Or <laughs> people. <laughs> people. <laughs> people. And it could even happen with, I know it sounds silly. It may sound silly, but it could even happen with jobs. Like yeah. there's been times where I've had like good opportunities being presented to me. Mm -hmm. And um, and they were like wrapped up in a nice little bow. Tell me about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> And they were like in a nice <laughs> little bow. Yeah. And then there was this other one that didn't look as appealing, yeah. probably not as much money. But in the long run, the one that was hard was actually better than the one that would give me instant gratification. And so having that discernment is very difficult. And not so much the discernment, because I feel like we know, like you said, but following through with that, right? And being like, you know what, I'm going to choose the hard thing mm -hmm. this time. Because... Um, and honestly, I think, and I feel like the the example you're providing is where more, you're more like a seasoned believer. Mm. And I think that a big component to that is being able to be honest with yourself mm. and be like, you know what? I'm so in it that I don't even think that I can think clearly yeah. right now. So let me ask a third opinion. Yes. And because, right, wisdom comes from a multitude of That's counsel. Right. Yeah. And I mean, when I said right now, like, tell me about it. Like, you know, my husband and I, really wanted to go live outside of California. Like we were the girls, we were praying for it. And the opportunity came like this. Mm -hmm. We were given the opportunity, like everything you said, everything we wanted, everything we desired. You would think that's a God thing. We yeah. prayed for it. It came true. How is it not a God thing? Right. And so we were so embedded in it that, and we had a week to decide. And my husband's like, I don't know, like I need to talk to somebody, you know, and, and he did. And, he, and I love that. I love mm -hmm. that we both came to the agreement that, you know what, we're so in this that we don't really, like, let's just get an outside perspective. And in doing so, like, it really allowed us to see if it was a God thing or not. And obviously, we still got to go to Ohio because it was really cool. Like, the, the girls' answers were still, pray, like, the girls' prayers were still answered. Yeah. But once we were there, and even though we were sad to come back, <laughs> we knew why it wasn't a God thing to move there. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think that adding the component of getting outside counsel when you know you can't make a, a, yeah. a like a rational or yeah. healthy or sober decision. Yeah. I think that's the word, a sober decision is being open to that. Yeah, that's really good. And you they, said something. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you said something so key because I something that I've said a thousand times and I'll say a thousand times more where do you get started? If you don't know where to get started and making better decisions for yourself is be honest. Just stop 
lying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just a great place. Is that the only step? No, but it's right. the best place to get started is stop lying to yourself, stop mm -hmm. lying to others, just stop doing what you know to be wrong. Right. And that goes with being honest with yourself. The reality of it is, is I think we all have enough intuition to know yeah. whether we're, we're sober enough, sober-minded yeah. enough, or healthy enough to make certain decisions. Right. And if you're honest with yourself, mm -hmm. because you have that intuition, it's in there, in yeah. every one of us. Yeah. If you're honest with yourself, you can determine, no, I'm not sober-minded enough to make mm -hmm. this decision. I need to ask a mentor. Yeah. And that all just gets rooted right back to, are you being honest? Yeah. yeah. And that's not a sign of weakness. That's actually a sign yeah, of strength and maturity. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you ask, people attribute, oh, if I can't make a decision like that, it means I'm weak. No, that means you're strong. Yeah. That's right. Because it takes a strong person to say, I don't have all the answers. Let me go seek them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was <laughs> going to say that you guys are sharing really great points and especially saying how you should get like a third party involved, right? Mm -hmm. um, getting a third party involved is extremely crucial. But also the fact that you still went to Ohio, it was confirmation. And it's like yeah. God still gave you guys that confirmation to make sure that you felt safe in your decision. Right. Yeah. And right. I feel like God usually does that with us, right? Yeah. Like once you make your decision, you're like, oh, God, yeah. you're yeah. a real one. You just showed me, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you yeah. were probably dating somebody and you dodged the bullet, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you're like, thank you, God, you For know? Sure. So <laughs> I think that's amazing that God will come through with that mm -hmm. confirmation once you make that wise decision that you needed to make. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And if anybody's asking like, well, if he's going to give it to me anyway, like why put me through that? Well, God doesn't tempt us. Just so you guys know, God doesn't tempt us with mm -hmm. sin. He doesn't tempt us with any other things like that's in the Bible. I think um, God is rooting for us and he's given us the ability to overcome the obstacles that come. So it's not that God like places these things in front of us like, oh, what, what are they going to do? Um, <laughs> are they going to go through yeah, door yeah. A or B? Yeah. yeah. And it defines you. Yeah. It, and it, it, defines it, you. it refines you too, because mm -hmm. now I just grew in a level of discernment that yes. I didn't have before. Because now I'm like, oh, okay, I knew this was fake because of this. Yeah. So it's a it's a teaching tool. It's growing. Yeah. We yeah, grow. We grow. Yeah. We, yeah. Your, our trust. You grow from glory to glory. It's all relational. Yeah. And one thing that I know about God's choice when you choose God's God's thing is that um, it's always going to bring fruit, right? And it's always gonna. Um, it's always going to prosper you. It's always going to be, a, it's going to end up being a blessing. Yeah. So um, trust the Lord yeah. and seek counsel. <laughs> I think that's the gist of that. So we've emphasized as a podcast how important it is for us to be able to, um, for anybody to be able to find um, wholeness through Jesus. And so Denise, speaking directly to people that have dealt with that kind of trauma, whether it be uh, domestic abuse, rape, um, having abortions or whatever the case may be, how would you encourage them to find that sort of healing through Jesus? And what would you say are the fruits of that? Um, the way that I would encourage them to find that healing is just knowing that um, that hurt that you're bottling in, that fear, that resentment, all those negative toxic emotions that you're feeling, like there is freedom in Christ when you search for that healing. Mm. Like there is an alternative to that. Yeah. There is an alternative to you really realizing, hey, what I did, um, or even help somebody encourage or to do, because I know sometimes we, we discuss about encouraging others to have an abortion. Um, so not just with abortion, but even with like the domestic violence. So if you um, are byproducts of those types of situations cause negative feelings, cause negative emotions, cause negative cycles. So knowing the importance or knowing that there is an alternative to that, and that's freedom in Christ. That's 
finding somebody that's going to love you despite all of the imperfections mm -hmm. and despite everything that you did. That love that you're longing for, know that it can be found only in Christ, yeah. you know, and, and knowing that that also produces the fruit that you're really longing for, you know, and it, it produces healthy relationships. It produces a healthy you. First and foremost, it produces a healthy you. Yeah. If nothing else comes out of that, that's one of the most important things because a healthy you means that there's going to be healthy people around you yeah. and you're going to contribute healthy things to society. Yeah. So, and if you happen to be in a relationship and you're going to have a healthy relationship or healthier relationship and even if you have kids you're going to have healthier kids because you're breaking cycles that they're not going to have to mm -hmm. break or encounter so i really feel that choosing to find that love and freedom in christ really just helps um society as a whole yeah and i think that's even such a testament because one of the things that you always um i know that you touched on it briefly i think about mike right that mike knew your entire story yeah and it wasn't anything i'm sure there was like uh, in spanish there's that phrase tragame tierra uh -huh. which is like made the like ground swallow me up yeah. we just want to escape where you're at um and mike not only did he know your story but he's helping you embrace it and he's helping you steward it yeah. right and i think that that is a testament because you're not telling people like oh find somebody that loves you for it like you're not talking out of hot air right it's something that you're living yeah and so was that hard for you to receive that kind of love from your husband absolutely and i think that's why i treasure my marriage as a gift mm. And that's why I said earlier, like, what I have is a gift. Are we perfect? No. Do we fight? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, are we learning? Absolutely. Yeah. But to know, and I laid it out and he knew. And even when we were together, there was things that I did that I was not proud of. Mm -hmm. And I remember being at Bible study once and looking at him and I said, I am so sorry for the way that I've treated you. And he looked at me and he said, it's okay. I understand. Like, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't deserve this. And I've told you when we've had conversations, like, I don't deserve it. And it's like. I don't, but that's God's mercy. That's God's grace. That's God's kindness over my life. And so it, it was hard, but at the same token, I, I know that my husband accepting my past and he, and he says that he's like, your past was your past. He's like, what matters to me is the moment that we said I do and our future. And because of that, I was able to really even tap into a deeper love with God because it's like, okay, this man loves me and accepts me. Then I know for a fact Mm -hmm. that God without a doubt loves me and accepts me and you know what I mean because yeah. he's God you know right. he's he's not human he knows more he than knows, yeah. <laughs> he knows more than my husband and but even in that I just want to make sure that I make this clear because sometimes we we have this understanding that if we chase God like um oh I'm gonna get this or I'm gonna mm -hmm. get that then you're chasing God for the wrong reasons yes and I want to make that very clear like the moment that I relinquished everything is when everything else fell into place yeah. for me. I didn't I, 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 didn't go to God because I'm like, oh, I really want to marry this guy, God. So I know if I come to you, like, no. I told my husband, like, if you're not coming to church, I'm done. I don't care. Like, yeah. God is my first priority. And it was in that that these other things were added on to me. But, and God knew my heart. Yeah. God knew that I was coming to him from a place of, I just want you and nothing else. Yeah. And so I just want to make sure that I emphasize that because, I said this to somebody the other day. I said, God is not your sugar daddy. Right. You know what I mean? And and I think it's important to make that distinction, and it's all the heart issue. Yeah, that's really good. I just want to make one clarification of what you said, because you said you told your husband that um, he's coming to church with you or not, like that you're here for God. He was still your boyfriend during that time. Yes, you I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yes, I'm so yeah. sorry. And yeah. I know that we said it in, <laughs> yeah. the, in other podcasts, but if somebody just tune in, tunes in yeah. this time and be like, oh, she told her husband. No, like, no, I didn't tell my husband that. Thank you. My my mind is in a lot of different places. No, I'm it. trying to put so many things into one. But 
Yes, this was when we were, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend before we got married. Yeah. Because once we were married, I mean, we've both been serving in the church yeah. um, faithfully from, you know, so it's, yeah. it wasn't at that point. And that's really good. And so um, I don't know if you guys want to touch on that. Uh, I know this one's an impromptu question, but, you know, I think there's there's two ways that we can see from that, right? Like one, if you're looking to date somebody and to court somebody, you have to understand that that person is going to come with a past. You have to understand that they're going to have highs, they're going to have lows, and at some point, you're going to have to measure that. Like, at some point, you're going to have to take that risk with somebody, and you're going to have to embrace somebody's story. And I think for a lot of people, that's difficult. But then when you turn around and you look at your own story, I think that should humble you, right? Where it's just like, okay, wait, like, this person is also taking my imperfections. This person is also taking my shortcomings and all those things. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like, we live in such a social media environment where people are only presenting their best yeah. and so we only want to get intimate with the best not understanding that there's a backstory behind that right and so um yes see what would you say to somebody that's like ashamed of their past and or that somebody doesn't want to take their like somebody's story like how mm. would you what would you say to that remember when you had him speak for psalms over israel and you had me share my my testimony yes and it was my true and raw testimony mm -hmm. right and I remember I was on the altar and I was like, okay, this is my time to be free, yeah. mm -hmm. to share it. And I'm like, this is my moment. And I know I have to. And I was prepared and I knew Andre was in the second row and mm -hmm. I really liked him. And we were just friends, but I really liked him. And I'm like, this is the moment where he can say like, damaged goods, don't <laughs> right. want that, right. you know? Yeah. And I was still up there and I'm like, take it or leave it. This is me. And God, is, I'm doing this for God. Mm. And um, I was very honored to be able to speak about it. And the minute I spoke about it, we all went to in and out after, right? Mm. And I felt so free and liberating as I spoke. But after we went to in and out he approached me. And he said, I always knew you were a strong woman. Mm. And as of today, you're even stronger. Mm. And he's like, I really love that about you. That's amazing. Yeah. And then he just said, he's like, you did a wonderful job mm. sharing your testimony. And when he shared that with me, I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I was going to in and out and I was just about to go in. Yeah. Now he has me in tears in the parking lot. He just walked away. He's like, I just <laughs> want to share that with you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, the guy I really like. I, that was the moment that he could have been like, ew, gross. Yeah. But he came and he, yeah. like you said, your husband embraced you. Like, he embraced that moment. And at that moment, I didn't feel shameful at all. Yeah. I felt free already sharing it because I knew that was my moment. Yeah. But when he said that, I'm like, wow. God, you're so good. Yeah. yeah. And even more of a reason to like him, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no finish. But um, I, I was going to say, if you ever have that moment, just do it. Because who cares what that person says? If they're not the ones that are willing to see that strength in you mm -hmm. and see like, wow, God is so good in her life. I want, I want somebody like that around yeah. me that's able to recognize that. They're not for you, boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. seriously, like yeah. straight up, why would you want to always constantly have to measure up to an expectation of That's somebody right. when you don't you don't need to? You don't even need to do that with God. Like yeah. God accepts you for who you are. And he's like, okay, you, you're repenting. You're changing who you are. You're not that person anymore. I yeah. see that. Yeah. And so um, a scripture my husband said today he was sharing in class was about Paul. And you know how Paul, um, he was a huge person. This is a little bit on the left, but I'll get, I'll get to it. <laughs> You'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. Yeah. But you know how Paul um, was a huge persecutor of, the, of Christians, right? Yeah. And when Jesus appeared to him, what did Jesus do? Make him blind, mm -hmm. right? And um, Andre was sharing how it's a prophetic statement that later on, Jesus sent somebody to heal him so he can see. 
but that is actually going to be a prophetic statement of saying, this is new vision. Mm. This is his life in Christ. He has a new vision. He sees the world differently. That's good. He sees it with me. So that is how you are when you receive Jesus Christ. And if other people can't recognize that, that you're a new person in Jesus Christ, and you're not that person from your past, and they still bring you back to that past, that's not the person for you. Yeah. yeah. That's not the community for you. Yeah. I love that you say that because there was something that my husband said, and it makes sense. He said, the way you see your past is not the way I see your past. Mm. And it's true because we see our past as this big, hot brokenness. And the same way that Andre saw the strength in you, one thing that my husband always tells me, is like, you're an extremely strong woman. He's like, you're a go-getter. He's like, mm. you like, you get things done. And and that's what he saw in my, like, my past, like I said, I saw it as a detriment. And he saw it as like, nope, that's a quality that I want to see. Yeah. Like, that's a quality that I want in my marriage that I'm we can wipe that yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to wipe that up. And, and it reminds me of like, even with, I know it's going to sound weird, ladies, but even like men, like I saw, I read this article about a study that women see cellulite as something disgusting and nasty and like, we don't like it. Men don't think of cellulite the way they, like men can care less. Mm. And so perspective, it's all about perspective, right? And so it goes back to our past. If we, we see our past in one way, a perspective, but find yourself a man that's going to see your past in a different perspective and even bringing the vision that you didn't see it. Like we see it as being broken and they see it as like, nope, that's a strong woman. I need that in my life, you know? Yeah. So I love that you shared that. Yeah, that's really good. I came uh, into remembrance when you said that. I'm like, that happened yeah. to me. Yeah, and, and um, kind of left, maybe not, but... There's, it reminds me of that scripture in Jeremiah where it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Mm -hmm. I've read that scripture up and down, sideways, <laughs> left, like every direction ever until somebody like pointed out to me where it says, before I formed you in the womb, like before you were even in your mama, like the Lord already knew you. And yeah. that to me, like just declared such an intimacy because it was like, wow, like when I was still an idea, like the Lord already knew me. How, why would I be moved, and I'm not saying I'm perfect that I've received this revelation fully, but why would I be moved by somebody that just met me? Okay. Like, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not perfect, but to me that was really profound. Is there anything that you would like to add on to this? I think you guys covered it. Honestly, I think what I got from both of your um, examples right now is just a true man, a true woman of God, whether a friendship or um, a growing relationship, they're going to see what you've overcome. They're not going to see your traumas. And so hearing those examples was just yeah i agree with that um thank you ladies for sharing that um okay so any denise i'm just gonna ask you this question as we close it up um how has sharing your experience helped or not helped you and others around you um thank you for asking that and i realized that before publicly announcing it right to the world mm -hmm. i realized that the moments that i felt that prompting to share it in a place it was because somebody had gone through the same thing I went through. And every time, and I'm not exaggerating, every time that I've shared that story, I've had somebody come up to me and say, I've been through what you've been through. Thank you. Mm. And, and from there, we get to talking about, you know, how I've been able to cope or how I've been, my healing journey to look like. And, I, you know, when I was able to share, like I told you guys in that Beauty Fresh seminar, you know, I had somebody at the end was like, sis, like, thank you for sharing it. Like, we don't hear about this. Like, mm. I want to sit down with you. Like, I want to talk to you. And once again, like what we think is a tragedy, and it is, like God uses it for his glory. Yeah. And so for me, you know, knowing when to share it and how to share it has allowed doors to open up for me to minister 
to women that have gone through the same thing and have, and if I've been told I've, I didn't know how, who to talk to about it. I didn't know how, like, how, like and so it, it's just been really um, refreshing, if that's the right word, um, to know that I've been able to help women who have been bottling up this inside for years, mm-hmm. not know how to share their story and, you know, be able to bring them freedom. And it's even really created a, in, in other ways to create a type of trust for women that have gone through similar issues or broken issues to know that they have somebody that they can talk to and not feel like judged yeah. per se, you know? Yeah. And so I think that it's just really been used as an outlet to really help other women and men. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, once again, I know that we're blessed, but we got to learn these things about you, right? Like yeah. we've always known that there was like a... I know, I know I'm a bit much a sometimes. Fire in there. Yeah, I know. It's but fun. now we understand why. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, but... Honestly, we don't take it lightly to be able to hear. I don't take it lightly to be able to hear any of your guys' stories. Right. Like to be able to know you guys more deeply, more intimately, to understand why and where and how and the what. Like um, hearing people's, I think hearing people's stories like currency. Right, the Bible is all about yeah. stories, and it's those stories that inspire others. And so. I, for one, am super grateful, and I just can't believe that this is my life. This is awesome. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you, ladies, because you guys have really allowed me to even feel safe to share my story in such an environment that I know that you guys will have my back mm-hmm. and and know that I like that what's going to come out of all of this with all of us sharing our story, because we've already had a lot of testimonies, a lot of yeah. people, and it's like knowing we have each other's back, I think, is really just part of the community that we're talking about. Yes. That is so important to have when you're going through trauma, betrayal, or anything in this world. Um, and I think that just is important to even point out. So thank you guys. Yeah, of course. Thank you for sharing. And I'm excited to hear your yes. testimony, Melissa. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeez. she is going to be, be next. It's going to be great. <laughs> Send your donations too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, okay, so thank you everybody for joining in uh, for In the Vine Dating Podcast. We're so blessed to be able to um, be here and for you guys to tune in every week. Honestly, as I always say, and we don't take it lightly, um, the fact that, you know, you give us your time. Yeah. We know that time is currency as well. And so we are just prayerful over you guys. We thank God for all, each and every single one of you. And we just thank you for all the feedback that we get, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, just because it's helping us grow at the end of the day, you know, we give each other feedback here all the time. Like <laughs> I get roasted all the time, just so you know, <laughs> oh my God. we argue, we fight, we argue, we fight, we're just, we get, we space out. Um, but, but we still love each other, but we still right love here. each other because it's our reward is the Lord, right? Yeah. Our reward is the Lord. And so we know that he can make the mess and to make it beautiful. So we just want to thank you guys. We hope that you have an amazing 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 christmas um that the lord will show up in your lives in a radical way for those of you that are going to be with family that maybe you don't get along with that well (laughs) um we pray that there would be a christmas miracle (laughs) up in that place and um yeah we just thank you so much merry christmas and as always pray for your single friends it's very hard out here (laughs) (laughs) bye Bye. jingle bells jingle bells (laughs)